SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another Conference USA edition of the Underdog Podcast here on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Uh, as we continue the uh, the trudge through spring ball, it's almost summer, which means we are just a few months away from the 2022 football season. I know I can barely contain my monotone excitement, as you all are accustomed to. Uh, here with Eric Henry and a special guest, which we'll get to in a second. But Mr. Eric Henry, how you doing today? I assume bragging about the uh, Florida weather, as always. You know what? Listen, it is another beautiful day here on the beach in South Florida. I cannot complain. A little bit of technical difficulties come in here, but, you know, you guys won't hear that. That's the beautiful thing about editing, right? So, yeah, uh, that's the only bragging you'll have. I know over there on the West Coast, it's probably a – is it warming up out there? I mean, you know, I think maybe um, our guests and I probably have better weather than you at this point. Yeah, you know, that that'll happen. We I think we've had all four seasons in the span of the last like 45 minutes, but that's that's life in the Pacific Northwest for you. But um, before we get too deep into that and get too off rails, do want to talk about uh, the special guest we got. Really appreciate his time. He is the head coach of the North Texas Mean Green football program. Uh, Mr. Seth Luttrell, coach, so happy you made time for us and excited to dive into some football with you here. Eric, Joe, it's always great to be on. appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, Coach, I know we're going to dive into it in a second, but, you know, how's the spring been treating you? Hope uh, hope you guys have been able to do some fun stuff uh, in between getting ready for the new season. Yeah, we have. You know, spring's been great. You know, it was a great opportunity to get our guys back and really through winter workouts and uh, moving into spring ball, uh, you know, uh, the work's been really good. You know, a lot of weight room work with our strength staff, um, you know, getting bigger, stronger, and faster. And, uh, you know, I thought overall our, our, we had our best spring. You know, the energy stayed up uh, throughout spring. Usually you kind of have some of those lull practices, uh, you know, when you're kind of going 15 straight, just going against each other. And, and you start figuring each other's systems out, uh, you know, pretty quickly. And so uh, I thought the guys did a great job. You know, offense, defense, special teams, they all stuck together, had a lot of energy each and every day, and had a lot of fun this spring. Uh, feel like we got a lot better. And, um, kept some guys healthy, getting some guys back uh, that were injured this past year uh, will obviously help. Um, and so, uh, and then finishing off right, you know, we had a team meeting today. I know they're fixing to here the next couple of weeks, uh, finish up with finals and uh, closing up on their class stuff, getting to have a little break, go see some family and then get back for, uh, you know, the summer where, where the grind begins. Great to hear it. Always good when you when you can accomplish great things and have fun doing it. Uh, Eric, I know you had some questions prepped for uh, Coach Latrell here. If you want to dive into the uh, football side of things, I know he's probably anxious to talk about what his team's got cooking up. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll bat lead off here for once. Coach, just want to start with a couple general questions here, you know, heading into your seventh year as a head coach. Just want to ask you, how would you assess yourself as a head coach comparing to, you know, starting out in 2016? I mean, you know, again, entering year seven. Just how would you, you know, assess yourself, what you've learned? You know, maybe you could go back to your prior self seven years ago, what you'd tell yourself uh, that you know now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, all the way back and uh, when I got this job, you know, just not fully understanding, uh, you know, all the different things that uh, a head coach has to do. Um, it was funny, once I was here about six months, I called my former boss, Larry Fedora, and I apologized to him. I said, you know what, coach, I wasn't a very good assistant. <laughs> he started laughing. And um, you do. You grow a lot. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that, that go on. Um, and, and really outside of football with the administrative side of things, uh, with different, you know, all issues come to you each and every day. And, um, you know, but 
the biggest thing is just continuing to grow. You know, we had some success early here the, our first three years and, and really uh, a lot of success. And then, you know, uh, the last few, couple of years, you know, we've had some bumps in the roads, uh, which uh, you, you always learn from uh, your mistakes and, and kind of your, uh, your downfalls at times. Uh, you're going to have to learn and grow from those. Um, that's why we talk to our players about not making excuses or allowing others to make excuses for us because uh, I don't think you ever grow from those situations. But um, there's no doubt. Uh, I've grown a lot. Um, our staff, uh, we have an unbelievable staff that takes a lot of pressure off me. Uh, we have, uh, you know, some guys that have been former head coaches. You got Phil Bennett here who um, is an unbelievable mentor and, and a great coach, but just I can bounce a lot of different ideas off him and, and our and our entire coaching staff. So uh, the biggest thing, I think, just becoming a head coach, just not, you know, finding your way, figuring out who you are, what you believe in as a team, as a family. Um, but I think the biggest thing, just looking back, is I, what I would tell myself is just be you. I think you can't try to coach like somebody else does. You can't try to run a program uh, the way somebody else does. You just have to be you, and you have to fit it to your personality and your coaches and staff and your players. And um, I think that would be the, that was the biggest thing with me is just trying to stay true to who I am and what my beliefs are and, and uh, how I envision us uh, competing for championships. Kind of a great segue into my next question, Coach, as you kind of talked about starting off that first year of a five-win year, then follow up in 2017, 2018 with two straight nine-win seasons. And then you hit some bumps in the road, as you mentioned, you know, two straight four-win seasons before riding the ship this year. Obviously, six and seven, you know, probably not exactly what you wanted, but, you know, return to, you know, better football and trending in the right direction. Just want to ask you, over that stretch of 2019 and 2020, and you know, probably us as, as as a society had a rough 2020. It wasn't just you and North Texas. But uh, over that two-year stretch, you know, what's the, the one thing or some things that you say you really, you know, learned about yourself and say, okay, you know what, you know, we had success early on, but I've got these bumps in the road and, you know, maybe have to adjust this or that, you know, about myself as a coach and, and you know, as, as, as a team, as a program, as a whole. I think one of the biggest things, I think we had a lot of success early because we had a lot of continuity. We had a lot of guys, uh, coaches that had been here, and uh, we kind of started it up and, and, and went three years together. We didn't have a coach leave until after our, I think, our third year, maybe second or third year. But, um, you know, we had a lot of continuity, so there's a lot of familiarity with our players and, and uh, you know, just being on the same page. And then, you know, as you have success, um, you know, you're always trying to help your staff grow and, and continue to you know, reach their goals and dreams and aspirations. And so you're, you're always excited for them to get those big opportunities. But at the same time, it, it, it's challenging because when you do have that success, you know, we, we started losing a lot of coaches. Fortunately, our administration and our university, we didn't lose any other uh, coaches to any. They were all power five jobs, which, uh, and, and, you know, uh, it, was, it was great opportunities for them. So it wasn't like we were losing – uh, coaches to, you know, um, you know, comparable places, I should say. So, uh, but it got challenging, you know, trying to hire new guys and, and figuring out and then just kind of resetting the culture with our coaching staff and our players. Uh, that gets challenging. And the next thing is, it was, we got to stay healthy. Um, you know, we've, the last couple of years, we've had, uh, we've had some unfortunate, um, you know, through COVID and then, uh, this past year with a lot of the injuries, uh, in our skill position, it, it's been a, it's been a real challenge, but, I've been proud of our team. I've been proud of our staff. Uh, you know, they work extremely hard. They bought into, um, you know, just going back to um, listening to the voices in this room and, and continuing to believe in 
what we're trying to accomplish. And they did a great job to stay in focus this past year. Uh, early on, uh, it, was, it was really challenging this past season, especially just with all the injuries we've had uh, on, on really in the DB and, and the receiver room. We lost one of our top running backs uh, for fall camp. And so we had to re-identify ourselves, uh, especially offensively this past year and what we were doing. Um, you know, come, we were most, most part of an 11-personnel team uh, the previous years and to where this year we, we had a lot of our skill down. So we went more to a two tight end system, hard, hard run, play action pass. And uh, it served us well there in the last uh, half of the season. Um, so, you know, I think the biggest thing is just playing the strengths of your players. Um, you know, you're always going to have strengths and weaknesses. Uh, obviously, you have to continue to grow in your weaknesses, but um, play to your strengths and, and make sure that, uh, you know, you're giving your guys the opportunity to be successful um, by what you're doing. If you're just joining us, we have North Texas head coach Seth Luttrell on the line. And as you mentioned, believing your first answer that you got, you know, kind of a veteran staff that you've been able to build some continuity with after losing some coaches early on. I think a big part of that for you, coach, is defensive corner Phil Bennett had some defensive issues over the past three years, but, you know, really seemingly turned the corner, especially the latter part of last year. I think the uh, probably the high point of your season was a game I had a chance to See firsthand in my role covering FIU, a 49-7 victory over the Panthers. Just wonder if you could talk about, you know, just the defense finding its footing and how how much that's really gone to, you know, kind of benefiting the success of the football program down the stretch of 2021 and how you're looking to, you know, really continue that into 2022. Yeah, I think it's huge. Uh, you know, obviously I believe in, in playing great defense. I think that's a mindset of your team, the physicality. Um, and so, you know, you know, you're going to, you know, Coach Bennett does an unbelievable job. And not only Coach Bennett, Coach Bush has been around a long time, our co-DC. Uh, that, that's his right-hand man. They, they've done this a long time together at different stops. And so, um, you know, just getting that staff, I think the first and foremost, you know, hiring a, a new uh, – with any coach, and especially a defensive coordinator is bringing all their guys in is, is – making sure you're on the same page as a staff, because if you're not as a staff, it's, it's, that's going to carry down to your players. And I think that's, that's kind of, it, it's happened in the past a little bit um, to where if you're not on the same page. We, we weren't very successful because of that. And it really wasn't on our players in my opinion. So they do a great job building those relationships. Um, you know, we knew uh, early on just trying to figure out our personnel and they were really trying to figure out exactly um, who to put where and kind of what, our strengths were and uh, how they were going to build, you know, a defense around that. And, um, you know, I think early on there was some, uh, there were some challenges, obviously with any new system uh, there was going to be. Um, but I think as the season went on, uh, we played better and better and, and just truly felt like our players grasped and understood what we were trying to get accomplished. And I think that's as big as anything. It's that continuity and understanding um, these are going to be the calls. Um, and so they're doing a phenomenal job. I think. Uh, I think we're uh, night and day uh, better than we were this past fall, even today. I thought we had a great spring, just a year under the system, uh, able to add some new wrinkles, um, you know, and the players, you know, there's a lot of experience, a lot of guys coming back that have played a lot of football in the system. And so um, this, this spring was challenging going against them. Um, you know, it's, it was great back and forth work on, on uh, really both sides, offense and defensively, but, um, you know, I just think those guys are so much more comfortable. And I'm really, really excited about this group coming this next fall because I, I do believe in uh, you got to play great defense in order to be able to compete for a championship. A couple more for you, Coach. I'll pass it off to Joe for his line of questioning. You're the fourth head coach we've had on this offseason. It feels like just, you know, a, a hot topic across the college football landscape is 
the transfer portal. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask your thoughts, you know, and again, and some of the other coaches we've had on, but it's been Dana Dimmel or Rick Stockstill, Will Hall. Talk about the challenges at the group of five level and, and that, you know, almost in essence, you kind of have to re-recruit your own players and that it's, I guess roster management's a little bit more kind of like the pros nowadays where, you know, you got to, it's going to be an X amount of turnover each year. Just wonder if you could give us just your general thoughts on the transfer portal and maybe what challenges it presents to you as a head coach of a group of five program. Well, I think the challenges aren't only with the transfer portals, but the NIL, um, you know, there's, there's always, now, now it's just gotten to the point to where, you know, the portal, and, you know, coaches out there, there's a lot of coaches out there that are recruiting your players. And so you better start recruiting yours. You better have those relationships and really good relationships with your players, understanding that, um, you know, we're doing the right things by them or we're making sure we're doing everything, um, you know, possible for us to make sure that they have all the resources they need here at North Texas to be successful. Uh, but, but it is. There's a lot of time recruiting your own players back. Uh, and there was this offseason, it was challenging because there was a lot of different uh, – you know, schools, five, five schools coming after a lot of our players. And so uh, that's part of it. Um, it is what it is, um, you know, especially now with the NIL money and um, you know, basically essentially you're just buying kids. And so it, it's challenging. Uh, obviously, I, I would be – I'd lie if I said I loved everything about it. Um, but at the same time, uh, that's kind of what's here. Uh, do I think there needs to be a hard, strong look at uh, some of the regulations we need to put around it? Uh, absolutely. I don't think uh, – I don't think it's anywhere close to really because there, there's really no rules around it. Um, it it's kind of at least the NFL has, um, you know, certain rules and caps and all of that, um, you know, to free agency. And so uh, obviously we need to continue to, uh, you know, work on that and help that grow and, and get better at that. Um, but it is what it is. That's the rules. And, um, you know, you lose guys to the portals, you take guys from the portal. Uh, and so it, it goes both ways. Um, I'd be lying if I said I loved it, but at the same time, that's where we're at. And so, uh, instead of focusing on the things that we can't control, I'm really uh, each and every day focusing in on what we can control. And you and you mentioned the, the roster management. It's a that that's one of the biggest challenges because um, you don't know year in and year out what you're gonna need. You don't know. I don't know from until May first exactly what I'm gonna need uh, just with these scholarships uh, that I'm saving up for just after uh for for june and july and so it's ever changing it's ever evolving um and so i think you just have to really focus in on the things you can control and, and try to try to manage it as, as best as possible all right coach anyone who listens to this podcast knows we try to have a little bit of fun so these last two before i pass it off to joe going to be on the on the light <laughs> side i'm going to start with your your career at oklahoma you know you're played four years for the sooners or it was a running back scored 11 touchdowns about 715 yards rushing I got to ask you, as a native of Oklahoma, um, you played from 97 to 2000. I know I'm, I'm going to mention a, a Oklahoma State player here, but it's it's fair to assume that you patterned your runners, running style after Barry Sanders, right? Like that was your your, 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 uh, your running back of choice growing up? Nope, not even close. Uh, I'll tell you what, he was one, one heck of a uh... – uh, a running back, but my favorite always growing up was Joe Washington. Um, you know, he played on the 73, four and five national championship team. Um, my dad played fullback on those two national championship teams. And I truly felt like, uh, he should have won the Heisman at least one of those two years when, uh, uh, I think it was Archie won at Ohio state. Um, I think he, that was the first time that, uh, there had been a, a Heisman trophy winner win it twice. And so, 
there's no doubt in my mind that they were on some, uh, I think they're on some pretty stiff penalties back then when they won those national championships to where they couldn't be on TV one year. And so, uh, but just an unbelievable uh, player. I used to watch tapes. Uh, my dad had his, all his games. And so I'd watch those, those games. And uh, Joe Washington was definitely my favorite running back. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, what a great person he is. Uh, still have the opportunity to uh, talk to him from time to time. What an unbelievable man. But I'll tell you what, Barry Sanders was a stud. He is fun to watch. And last one before I pass it off to Joe. Anyone listens know we're going to talk a little bit of food here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to keep you out of trouble here. So I, I won't mention um, Denton, Texas. We can exclude Denton and exclude your, your hometown of Muskegee, Oklahoma. But outside of those two, um, if we're talking about your career, you know, starting as a GA at Kansas, you know, spent time in Lubbock at Texas Tech, Arizona, Indiana, North Carolina. Um, best food. That, that you had over your uh, your coaching career? Where's the best place, best city you can get a, get a meal in over uh, your uh, coaching stops? That, that ex- again, excluding Denton. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a couple. Norman had, uh, and actually Norman and uh, KU had a place called, I think it was Bison, which is, I can't even, I'm hard to remember the names now, but I think it was Bison, which is a uh, great, great little, uh, I had sandwiches, great sandwiches, but at night it kind of became kind of a hangout and uh, kind of a dive bar with uh, live music and stuff. Uh, those, those were always places were fun. Um, you know, at uh, North Carolina, we had a place called Merritt's. Uh, it was like an old country store. And uh, of all things, they uh, they had an unbelievable BLT. You could throw some jalapenos on there, incredible food. So, uh, you know, I hit that for, that was kind of my lunch spot there uh, anytime I could get that in Chapel Hill. And then, as you know, all those different spots, there's so many different places. Uh, half, half of them I can't even remember the names of, but uh, I was fortunate to be around a lot of great cities that had a lot of great food. There you go, Joe. I know one of our favorite topics, got to find a good place to eat as we're making our travels across the cultural ball landscape. That's the, uh, it's the great thing about the South and the Southeast in particular, man. There's so many good places to eat. You're, you can throw a rock and hit something good for sure. Jalapeno BLT. I'll have to try to make that at home. That sounds good. Oh, there it is. People always ask me, what's the best place to eat? And I'm like, well, it depends on are you looking for barbecue? you looking for Mexican? Are you looking for steaks? Or, you know, you got you to you let me know what kind of like what you're looking for because you're right. There's a ton of great places down here in the south. And uh, it's uh, we've uh, at times you can really see it on my gut. When I got here, I think I was about 235 pounds. <laughs> Coach, trust me, I, I, I got you beat in terms of pure mass. Not that I use it for anything nowadays, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Coach, you got a lot of Texas guys on your roster, as to be expected, given where you are. Um, what do you kind of learned about recruiting the state of Texas in the time that you've been in the state? Well, one, there's just a, a ton of great athletes. Coaches are in the schools uh, all day. Um, you know, it's a place that, um, you know, it's, it's fairly – simple to recruit uh the state of texas just because um you know the head coaches don't have to teach much classes so they're around throughout the day um they're they're very accessible when you go out on the road um, but the biggest thing is just building relationships i still it, it's still a people business right whether it's coaching or recruiting or anything we do it's all about people it's all about the relationships you build uh not only in the schools but in the communities where you're recruiting um i think that's the biggest thing there's a ton of talent down here in texas that's all year round between the uh, you know, obviously season, uh, off season, seven on seven tournaments can't, I mean, it's, it's all year. Uh, they love ball down here. It's, uh, 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 you know, and around here, especially in Denton, I mean, there, you, there's a ton of, uh, talent rich schools just right outside the back of our door. And so, 
Um, you know, and, and the other crazy thing is, is I didn't even realize once I got here, I didn't really put much thought into it. But our coaches don't even have to stay in many hotels uh, when they recruit in the state of Texas because they're they're actually able to go home and sleep in their bed and, and, and see their kids at night just because uh, you're not traveling much. Now, obviously, you're, you're going to different parts of the state. You do, but uh, especially right here in the DFW area. So uh, it's been awesome for us. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just continuing to build those relationships, continuing to. Um, you know, allow those uh, those uh, coaches out here and the Texas Coaches uh, Association to, you know, invite them here. And, and we love talking ball with those guys. Our doors are always open to those those men. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. And then, then understanding you're going to take care of their, their young men. You're going to you're going to make sure that uh, you're going to continue to help them uh, grow and develop as men. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to treat them the right way with respect. And so. I think that's been the biggest thing. Um, we're fortunate to uh, uh, to be right here in such a talent-rich state, and uh, it's, it's definitely been a blessing. Coach, amidst all the you know realignment news, obviously uh, your program's getting ready to move to the American Conference uh, in 2023 here. What do you see as the biggest needs for your program, either from a, a culture standpoint or from a material standpoint, as you prepare for that jump to a new league? Well, obviously, anytime you're making moves, and, and that's not only just because it's a different league, um, you're always trying to grow. And I think that's something our administration, our president, has done a great job in, in athletics here is they understand the importance of it, um, continuing to get, uh, you know, the resources you need for these student athletes to be successful, whether it's in the weight room, training room, uh, your nutrition. Um, obviously, just built a brand new indoor that's been unbelievable, um, always working up and, and trying to uh, you know, have different models on new facilities. Um, but, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is just your resources for your player. It, it's still all about our student athletes here, and that's the most important thing. Um, you know, I think our culture is exactly where it needs to be. I think we have an unbelievable culture. Uh, I think you, that, that you have to give our players a lot of credit for that. I uh, love hanging out with each other and and uh, have a lot of fun together. And so, Obviously, there, there's always going to be things that you can continue to grow and improve in as you move forward in each and every year, but not just because of new conference. That's something we, we set down as a uh, uh, Coach Ren, uh, Ren Baker, uh, our athletic director, and his entire staff and our president. Um, we're always continuing to, uh, you know, stay on top of things and, and making sure we, we meet regularly on, on things we need to continue to, to grow on. Well said. Um, one important piece for you guys this season is uh, going to be Katie Davis. Uh, obviously, he's uh, generated a lot of traction this offseason in terms of uh, buzz about his upcoming campaign. I believe uh, Dave Campbell, uh, that publication, talked about him being the uh, number one linebacker in the state of Texas as far as uh, D1 college guys go uh, to watch at that position. Um, what are you kind of expecting from him and his role on this team in 2022? Well, he's really stepped up his role in leadership, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, he's always been a, a great teammate, which is first and foremost. I don't think you can be a great leader without being a great teammate. Uh, he's always – that's his personality. That's who he is as a person. Um, I think that's, a, a you know, one of the things not a lot of people see who don't know him. He's an unbelievable young man. Uh, and he loves ball, uh, but he loves helping others kind of achieve their goals and, and, and helping them along. And so he's done a great job. I think that's really one area he's, he's really stepped up over the past year. Um, obviously, he's very, very talented, um, fast run. He can hit, uh, but he's extremely smart. And I think the biggest thing with him is he just loves ball. He's a gym rat. Uh, he's up here in our offices every single day, uh, great smile on his face, uh, trying to get better, meeting. Um, but just a lot of uh, – he's one of those guys that comes along that is just uh, awesome to coach. He's a lot of fun each and every day. 
um, you know, he, he, he has a lot of fun. You know, we have a lot of fun with, with him. And, uh, you know, he's the one out there, Jack, uh, cracking jokes. But uh, when it's ball now, he, he, he puts on his uh, – he puts on that helmet. It's, it's go time. And so, um, you know, he had a great offseason. He's had a great offseason so far. Obviously uh, took a lot of snaps last year. So we didn't, we didn't uh, you know, put a ton of volume and spring ball on him, letting him kind of get back on – and it wasn't injuries, but just kind of letting his body heal. Uh, I think he's right now feels as good as he's felt uh, in a long time. And I, I'm really expecting big time things out of this fall. You know, the biggest thing about this next fall is people you know, continue to ask me, um, how are we looking? I, I think we look great. I think we have very talented guys. I think uh, we're where we need to be. I think the biggest thing with us, if we can just stay healthy, uh, I think we'll be able to, uh, you know, go out there and compete and, and have success. Switching gears to the offense a little bit, when it comes to your wide receiver, uh, your wide receiver room, um, I know you had the eight unfortunate ACL injury to Detravion Brown in the spring, um, but then you had guys like Varkey's Gum step up and, and really play well in uh, in spring practice and in the spring game here. Um, any thoughts on the uh, wide receiver depth that your team's looking at right now? As we all know, that's a very vital position to the type of offense that you guys run. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it was challenging this past year. Obviously, uh, three of our top four receivers uh, went down by, I think, the second or third game, um, and maybe four. I can't remember. Um, and so it, it was very challenging this past year. I think we started the season with 16. Uh, I think uh, at the last half of the season, I think we were down to eight to nine, depending on what week and uh, how healthy we were uh, with those guys. And so uh, in the spring, we were a little thin just because, uh, you know, Jair's coming back. Um, he wasn't full go. Uh, uh, Tommy was coming back off his surgery uh, season. He's feeling good, but you're, you're, you're limited to an amount of volume that we were allowed to use him, uh, making sure that uh, uh, he stays on track to where he needs to be. Uh, you got a guy, a guy named Jay Macklin who came in transfer. Uh, that uh, did some really, really good things this spring. I'm really excited about him. You, you talked about Varquez Gums, uh, a tight end who's really grown up, you know, just being year two in the system. He's very athletic and, and proved that uh, he can make, make plays. And he's going to have to be a guy that steps up because obviously we're losing. Uh, you know, we lost Turtle this last year, who was one of our top, uh, you know, uh, pass catchers. And so, um, you know, again, we got guys back like Rod Brown. Um, you know, you got – Guys that have played a lot of snaps, especially last year, uh, that were young guys that maybe wouldn't have gotten that many, but gained a lot of experience. I think it it took us some growing pains to get started, uh, especially uh, with with losing those guys early. Um, just the rhythm and timing of the quarterbacks and receivers being on the same page was challenging early. But I think I thought as the season went on, uh, they got more comfortable and and they continued to improve each and every week. And so. By saying that, I think uh, this fall we're gonna we're gonna be deep. Uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of playmakers that uh, we can rotate through. Hopefully, keeping guys fresh, fast, um, and healthy. And so, I feel good about where we're at. Uh, you know, we still have uh, you know a few more spots offensively and defensively for um, you know uh, signing a few more guys, and uh, that may be another uh, one of those positions that we maybe add another guy if we find the right fit. And so. I feel good about where we're at, obviously, uh, always looking for uh, continuing to get great talent in here at all positions. So we'll kind of see how that goes throughout, uh, you know, this, I guess, the next recruiting cycle, <laughs> the next signing cycle. So, uh, you know, I, I feel good about it, though. But 
Um, I'll tell you what, it's crazy. We, we, we still haven't signed our 2022 class. It's been, we've been recruiting this one over a year and a half. And that's just kind of, that's another, goes back to the recruiting model now. It's, it's, it's all year round and really a year and a half, uh, uh, before you get all those guys in just because of the different how you're recruiting. You know, I, I think Eric touched on the, you know, interruptions that that came to your operations as a result of, of COVID-19 and, and the pandemic and, and all that. I saw a, a post that was interesting last night uh, talking about the disruption that this caused to recruiting specifically in that you guys didn't really have the opportunity to host kids on campus for official visits and in a lot of cases and really didn't have the opportunity to kind of meet with, you know, some of these kids in person face to face. Do you, do you agree with that? That, you know, obviously put a big uh, hindrance on what you guys were trying to do from a roster building standpoint, it seems oh, like. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, when you can't go out and evaluate guys uh, in person, uh, watching them work out, watching them with their team, um, how they compete each and every day, um, getting around the coaches, getting around the, you know, the school and the administrators, you know, just figuring out what they are completely um, is a challenge when you can't be there face-to-face, when you can't look someone face-to-face in the eyes, um, talking with families, uh, being in homes. Um, yeah, that's challenging because, uh, you know, it truly is just, uh, you know, watching tape, evaluating, and getting uh, getting to know them the best you can, them and their families, through Zoom, uh, which is um, – you know, to me, not ideal. Now, we're, we're fortunate that we had Zoom. Uh, we're fortunate we had FaceTime and all these things that that are out now that uh, I didn't – I had no idea. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'd, I'd never heard of Zoom in my entire life um, before before COVID started. And I don't know if a lot of people did, but obviously that helped. Uh, we were blessed to have that. But, yeah, it was a real challenge. Um, you know, and I just think uh, – um, it, yeah, it was it was a challenge, and you know it, it's crazy because now the <laughs> between t- uh, COVID and you really think about between COVID, uh, then these men getting a year back, which I agree with. I think that was huge for um, you know our student athletes to get for that year to pause. But if you really you think about that, um, getting the year back, and now the transfer portal, I tell you what is really hurting is high school recruiting. Um, you know, there's a lot less scholarships out there now for. Uh, high school kids just because of, of the amount of spots and kind of the roster management and, and kind of where all it's going. And so it'll be interesting. It, it's going to be interesting to see kind of moving forward how it all plays out down the road. Uh, like I said earlier, I think there's going to have to be tweaks made uh, to our model. Uh, I know, I know. Um, I imagine they're, they're working hard at that to figure out the best ways to go about it. But uh, yeah, it's been challenging. You know, it's funny, Coach. If I had known, uh, if I had bought stock in Zoom prior to the pandemic, I'd be sitting on a beach somewhere eating grapes. Eric, you might have to find another person to do this show with. I'll tell you what. But want to want to close up with uh, uh, two more questions for you, Coach. Um, your thoughts from the spring scrimmage in general? I know we're recording this on uh, April twenty seventh. You guys wrapped that up a couple of weeks ago. Um, what did that game kind of show you about where your team's at? Well, we we still held a lot of guys out, um, but obviously, uh, just getting those young guys reps, I think uh, we'll be much better off this season. Just the amount of depth to uh, experience we have. There's a lot of guys that have played some ball. Again, I feel really good about where we're at, and I think our players did a phenomenal job this spring, um, keeping the energy up, keeping the effort up. You know, there were no lulls. Uh, they competed hard. And there was great energy. Um, I think we got much better this spring. Um, you know, the spring game is what it is. That, that's anywhere I've ever been. Um, you know, you're kind of 
doing some different things. You kind of play bland and vanilla, um, not showing everything that, you know, all the different tweaks you're making. Um, and so the spring game's always been a challenge, but more exciting is probably the scrimmages leading up to the spring game and the work we, uh, we had. That's really where you get a true evaluation of what your team looks like. Um, spring game to me is more, uh, you know, for your fans, for your alumni, um, and just getting those guys out there to go compete and have some fun in front of your fans. And so uh, it was good. I thought it was a good spring game. Uh, I thought it was good back and forth. Um, you know, obviously there's things we still got to improve on to become the team we want to be. Uh, but overall, I think it was good. We'll wrap it up on, on this question, Coach. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, your your former conference mate, I guess, uh, head coach Will Hall of, of Southern Miss on the show. And um, when we were asking him about the transfer portal, he he seemed sort of, you know, unbothered by it in terms of how to kind of establish, uh, you know, his program amongst, um, you know, just recruits in general amongst high school, JUCO, transfer students, et cetera, in establishing, you know, them as the, the best place for good players to go to kind of get their career uh, their football career going, whether that's, you know, as a, a stop between that and uh, another college opportunity or between the pros or, or you know, just a, another opportunity. He wants it to be the best place for them to be in that moment. And, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on that in terms of how the, you know, changes in the transfer portal have kind of changed your thoughts on how you position your program with uh, recruits at all levels. Well, I think it, I think every year, every position, every it's all different, right? It, I think it's depend on uh, you know kind of how you're recruiting. It depends on what your needs are at that moment. Um, you know, if you have a deeper room, obviously we still want to we still want to build our program around high school athletes that we can develop. And I think uh, you know a lot of coaches out there may uh, you know shy away from that a little bit, knowing that uh, you know you're gonna could develop a player and in a couple of years they can leave and, and move on. And uh, now you've put a lot of work into a student athlete that you're not going to coach for his career. And now you're back to the drawing board. Right. So I still think it's about those relationships with your student athletes. Uh, we're still going to build our program uh, as much as possible around our, uh, around high school uh, student athletes. But at the same time, it gives you an opportunity to go out and, and fill uh, immediate needs as well. And so, Look, I, I think it's it's good for the, our student athletes. I think it's you know I think that's something that uh, is good for them. Um, at the same time, I think it's good for us. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think the portal is a bad thing. I don't think the one-time transfer uh, is a bad thing. I think it, more so just all the different things that go into it. I don't think uh, I think we need to put a lot more thought into. Uh, not so much the transfer portal, not so much the NIL with me. It's more uh, the regulations that go with it. Speaking of immediate needs, it's getting to be about 1 o'clock on the West Coast here. <laughs> My immediate need is some lunch. So, uh, Coach, we'll, we'll wrap up and let you get back to it. Um, Eric, any any thoughts, any additional thoughts for, uh, for Coach before he gets back to his day? No, no, not at all. Again, you know, just want to echo uh, your thoughts. Appreciate Coach Latrell for making the time on the podcast and uh, definitely looking forward to, you know, I'll be making the trip to Denton uh, in 2022. So looking forward to seeing the Mean Green again up close. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you, Joe. Eric, I appreciate you all. Yeah, thank you, Coach. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Underdog Podcast uh, at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore on Twitter, at Eric C. Henry underscore on Twitter, and uh, at Underdog Dynasty on Twitter. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all real soon. Happy football watching. Uh, hopefully we'll have a, a lot more post-draft content coming up here. Stay safe out there, everybody. Yeah.